Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980 AM, or anywhere on the Odyssey app. 36 degrees here at 510 on this Friday, February 16th, 2024. And like every Friday, we have Do I Have a Case with Attorney Keith Figure to the Figured Law Group. Keith, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show today. My pleasure, Rob. Trying to slow these weeks down, these Fridays tend to come around pretty quick. <laughs> oh, a long weekend today, so you have at least one day to catch up, right? Right. <laughs> All right. So the first question for today, um, and I, I like this question. It's a good one. With an abundance of nonprofits on, that on face value appear to do good things and less and less expendable money to put towards these entities, how can one make sure that they are good stewards of their donations and that the majority of funds are going to their stated cause? I think it's first important for somebody to uh, understand what a Form 990 is. Um, so any organization that, uh, or with a tax-exempt status that takes in over $50,000 a year has to file a Form 990, um, which basically shows the annual report of how the nonprofit spends its money. Um, now, once the IRS makes the form public, you can find it in a number of ways um, by doing a search for the nonprofit's name. Um, there's different online searches, um, just like there's different government watchdogs. There's different, different charity watchdog sites. Um, one, I believe, is called ProPublica Nonprofit Explorer. They actually have a Form 990 lookup tool. So that being said, you also have to understand that uh, when these forms are filed, a lot of times it's not uh, very current, um, as it may be many months after the end of an organization's fiscal year. Um, so they may be back um, or, or uh, a little bit uh, stale by the time you're actually to review them. To get the most recent ones, you want to actually try to reach out to the charity. Um, they are uh, required to provide the form upon request. Um, However, as I'm sure you can imagine, there's some organizations that don't comply. Now, for purposes of determining if they are a good steward of the money, uh, when you get the Form 990, um, there's a number of things that you could look at, such as program spending, fundraising fees, and executive compensations, um, which are usually the primary ways that people assess a nonprofit. The program spending is obviously when a person donates to a um, uh, or donates to a nonprofit, they are donating for a specific program. So you want to see what monies have been apportioned or budgeted it for that program. That's uh, something that would be in part three of the Form 990. The professional fundraising, um, that is obviously something that's needed, but it can be a problem if the charity spends far more on professional fundraising than on the programs themselves. So again, that's something that can be seen um, in part one, uh, I believe line 16A of the form 990. And then executive compensation. Uh, nonprofits are required to disclose the name and salaries of the five highest paid employees, as well as other key staff and board members. Um, so you would want to go and look in there as well on that form. And then, of course, you could look in the news and other websites to see um, if they are actually engaging in any um, of the specific programs. Like for one, uh, an example was when um, the Red Cross raised millions of dollars for Haiti. And I believe the only 
built like six houses. I mean, obviously there was an issue there, um, but I think that would be the best way. And if, as I said, you had difficulty, you can probably go to one of those uh, uh, watchdog sites to help uh, at least guide you or, or provide additional uh, um, insight. Great advice, great advice. And people looking to do good things with their money, obviously they want to do their due diligence to make sure it's being used in the right way. So always great advice there. Uh, next question. I was in a minor fender bender. And I think this happens a lot more than we actually know. I was in a minor fender bender in a parking lot uh, where another vehicle bumped and scratched my vehicle. It was very little damage, and the driver said that they would take care of the repair costs, so we exchanged information. Uh, but as but has now ghosted me and is not returning calls. So the issue here is, I believe, what's done at the time of the accident, because that can vary significantly in terms of what information is obtained, what information isn't obtained, were there pictures of the damage. Um, because I, the obvious issue is if a person then becomes silent or non-cooperative, is how do you prove your case? you have the burden if you're filing a claim to prove that they caused the damages and that can be a problem um, if you fail to take adequate or, or preserve adequate evidence at that time. The other problem is, is if you don't get the insurance information, typically when you recover on these cases, it's through the insurance, unless in these circumstances they want to offer to uh, not go through insurance, which is an option. However, if you don't get that insurance information in the beginning, you don't have the option of submitting it later on if they become non-cooperative. And that's what I think is the most important to understand in this situation is if this happens, it's not a problem And if you and the other party agree to resolve this by not going through the insurance. However, you as the injured or harmed party or with the damage want to make sure you at least get a copy of the license and the insurance and basically you give them an opportunity and you could take it to a, uh, a dealer to get an estimate and you give them an opportunity to pay which would then satisfy obviously whatever damages are owed or if they go quiet now you at least have the person's insurance and you can uh, submit it to their insurance and have it uh, go through that way. Um, but if you really don't take that step, you're, you're looking at um, having a file through the magistrate. And even if you do file through the magistrate, if insurance isn't involved, now you're trying to collect on it. Chances are you're going to spend a lot more trying to collect on it than you would. <laughs> yeah. um, then it'd be worth it. Uh, just in time, uh, like you said. So it's always <laughs> it's good here. to get Money that document. <laughs> yeah, to get that documentation that that you needed to get. Make sure you get pictures of everything. Make sure you get the insurance. So if they say, "Hey, I'll take care of it. I'm going to pay for this," and they end up don't paying for it, you can just contact their insurance and say, "Hey, here's pictures. Here's the date it happened. They're time stamped and everything that happened there." Correct. Great. Uh, last question here. A few years ago, I had suffered a workman's compensation injury to my knee. I had surgery and rehabilitation and thought I was back to normal. But now, while in a new job years later, I realize my knee is limited and, the, and in pain for what was once normal usage. Are there any options for me now to be made whole? All right. So in this question, there's a lot of issues. There's because when you have a potential workers' compensation claim and you return to work, it goes into what's called a suspended status. Um, but there's a number of things that can go on in between there, such as what did they actually acknowledge in terms of the injury? Um, when was the last payment of compensation? There's all different time frames upon which you have to open up a claim 
uh, for a prior injury. The other issues you have here and without knowing is if they were treating because what really is going to dictate whether this relates back to the old injury or is a new injury um, or uh, what it's related to is likely going to be the records and, and the medical records specifically in the history provided to the doctor. For instance, in this par particular situation, if the guy had a surgery years ago and there was something that came loose and a doctor, oh, this is clearly related to the prior surgery, the prior work injury, that may relate back. And if it's within the time frame, you would be able to reopen your claim. However, if there's records that indicate that with the new job, his knee was becoming symptomatic and over time it worsened, chances are a doctor is going to be more inclined to opine that the injury was aggravated or a new injury and thus the new employer's responsibility. So again, in a case like this, um, I think it's important to speak with an attorney right away that's well-versed in this area so that they can review to see what if there's any evidence to substantiate or establish causation and if not, to make sure he's seeing a doctor so that they have what they need to proceed with filing a claim if they're able to establish one. And one other thing I guess I would say is they have to understand what workers' comp is. Um, workers' comp isn't necessarily something meant to make you whole, it's a remedial statute. So it's more or less to get you back to work in some capacity or an earning uh, capacity. Um, you have much less damages in workers' comp than you do in a typical um, negligence claim or a motor vehicle accident claim uh, such as like pain and suffering, loss of life's pleasures. So the damages are actually really limited when it comes to workers' comp, which is all the more reason why you want to make sure you protect yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Great in, great information there. I didn't even realize that. I thought the whole thing for workman's comp was to get you not only get you back, obviously, to work, but you know to get you where, I mean, obviously, if you injure yourself in a certain way, but to make you whole as far as, uh, um, you know, everything is, is uh, Oh, well, so that's even information I didn't know there, Keith, so I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if, if someone wants to get in touch with you personally or privately to talk about an issue that they may not want to call in or they may not want to put over the air, how do they do that? They can contact me directly, uh, my direct dial, 570-954-9299. My email is keith at figuredlaw.com, and then I can also get uh, contacted through my website at figuredlaw.com. And again, you can contact me at robert.odonnell, R-O-B-E-R-T dot O-D-O-N-N-E-L-L at odyssey.com. And you can email me the questions for Keith next week or the week after in the upcoming segments of Do I Have a Case. Keith, thanks for joining the Rob O'Donnell Show this week. My pleasure, Rob. You take care. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Have a good, have a good extended weekend, hopefully. <laughs> I will. Thank you. <laughs> take care. Uh, Oh, I appreciate uh, Keith Figured coming on every day. We do have a statement from uh, President Donald J. Trump, uh, and it's typical form, like you would think, from Donald Trump. A statement from President Donald Trump on crooked Joe Biden-directed New York AG witch hunt. That's how it's titled. The justice system in New York State and America as a whole is under assault by partisan deluded, biased judges and prosecutors, racist, corrupt AG Tish James, has been obsessed with getting Trump for years and used crooked New York State Judge Egeron to get an illegal, un-American judgment against me, my family, and my tremendous business. I helped New York City during its worst times, and now, while it is overrun with violent Biden migrant crime, the radicals are doing all they can to kick me out. 
This decision is to complete and total sham. There was no victims, no damage, no complaints, only satisfied banks and insurance company, which made a ton of money, great financial statements, and didn't even include the most valuable asset, the Trump brand. Ironclad disclaimers, buyer beware, and do your own diligence, and amazing properties all over the world. All on the other side had was ridiculous. All the other side had was ridiculous. Eighteen million dollar valuation of magnificent Mar-a-Lago and unconstitutional gag order, a consumer fraud statute never before used for this purpose. No jury allowed, and a refusal to send this disgusting charade to a commercial division where it would have been put to a deserving end. This case is over. Ever since the appellate division ended it in statute of limitations, also letting my daughter Ivanka out of the witch hunt. The Democrat club-controlled judge has already been reversed four times on this case, a shameful record, and will be reversed again. We cannot let injustice stand, and we will fight crooked Joe Biden weaponized prosecution at every step. Make America great again. That's Donald Trump's statements in regards to today's $360 million libel sentence against him. It's uh, 523 here at WILK. Are we still locked up everywhere, Nikki, on traffic? Uh, it's looking better. There, It is moving now. So going a little slow between Montage Mountain Road, Davis Street, and Wilkes-Barre Bear Creek. But you are moving in some spots under 30 miles per hour. But um, if you have patience, you're going to get through it, and it should be fine. We also have some heavy traffic on the Scranton-Carbondale Highway in Dixon City. Heading up the hill, Route 6 and 11 in Clark Summit is bumping. Bumper to bumper. And Wyoming Avenue in West Pittston has some heavy traffic. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Pentella Data Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from meteorologist Jeremy Luan. Tonight, snow showers starting around 10 p.m. Nikki's throwing stuff now. <laughs> 10 p.m. Could accumulate 1 to 3 inches, low 24. Saturday, windy and morning snow showers, high 35. Sunday, windy and morning flurries, then breaks of sun, high 36. Monday, President's Day, sunny and high of 42. It's currently 35 degrees at 524. Your official weather station, WILK. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins transform into the area's favorite fruit this Saturday when the team hosts Pittston Tomato Night, presented by Visit Luzerne County. The tomatoes will look to squash the lava rocket at 6.05 p.m., and fans can enjoy all kinds of tomato-themed fun and antics, including tomato merchandise, contests, and visit from Stu, the Pittston Tomato Festival mascot. Tickets are available online at wbspenguins.com or calling 570-208-7367. Go Pens! Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. On this Friday, February 16th, 2024, 35 degrees at 528. Let me get to the phones. You can call or text at 570-883-0098. Frank's been waiting for a while. We have Frank from Wilkes-Barre on Veterans. Frank. Yeah, duh. Bob, I wanted to talk to the veterans about uh, people running for president. Okay. I want to let them know what one of the people running thinks of them before they vote. You know what I mean? That man is Donald Trump. I guess you figure that, you know? Yeah. And uh, what he said about John McCain, 
is not a uh, a hero because he was captured. I guess he meant that the uh, Marines and, and soldiers that were given that baton dead march weren't, uh, weren't even uh, uh, heroes neither. He called them uh, losers. And they then they want to elect him to be the uh, commander in chief of the army and navy. It's the biggest criminal shame that they're ever doing to the soldiers that are of our country to elect him to be their commander in chief after what he thinks of them. Yes, Donald Trump did say some horrible things about John McCain. That's no doubt about that. And then John McCain, a Naval Academy graduate, was a POW. He was beaten, had both his arms broken. Um, and and regardless of the politics, if you agree with John McCain or not, he did serve his country honorably, and he did take uh, take one hell of a beating that not many people in this nation can can take. Uh, yeah, so I, what, I, he, what did he say about the, the Muslim family that their son got blown up? They asked him what did he what did he sacrifice for the, uh, for America? They asked him that. He went in Bill Riley, and he said, "I I make jobs and I and I put handicap." Parking or walking in my uh, 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 motels and everything. That's what he had to go on Bill, Bill, Bill Riley's show and say that. What did he do to the Weidman twins? The colonels that was in the White House? When he fired both of them because of what they reported about his call? The, 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 the Vindman? Colonel Vindman's? Vindman's. He, they, didn't, they didn't bring no charges. They, did. They, re, they reported what they thought was right to. Uh, a general or something, and he made a decision. I, they fired I, him, and they walked him out to with two police officers. And there's a lot of people that would disagree with you as far as their service there, Frank. But uh, what he's a I got a purple heart. What do you mean about his service? About their service, the Vinmans. Well, I hate one of them got a purple heart. What is what, what do you want from him? Okay. Jesus, you're Donald Trump all the way, I guess. No, I'm not. I just agreed with you on the things he said about John McCain. They were out of line. Uh, you, you think he should be a commander of the armed services? You think that, what do you think? You think that he respects them? What's the alternative? Uh, anybody. Uh, no, no, what's uh, the, Mickey right now, what's, Haley. Frank, Frank, what's the alternative right now? Nikki Haley could be elected. Nikki Haley's not going to make it out of South Carolina. But if she does, yes, she's an alternative. Why is she going to make it out? Because because the people think that they don't care be, about them. Because she's, she's polling it. She's Donald polling it. Because she's polling at like eight percent nationally, Frank. She's she she, unless something drastic happens, um, it, it doesn't look good for her as far as being even on the Pennsylvania. How could a man like Donald Trump help all the people in his corner? Okay, he, okay, Fra- Frank. I, I, Frank, we understand you don't like Donald Trump, but if your choice is between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, who are you picking? Joe Biden. Okay, then then you made your point. I appreciate your call today, Frank. Hey, goodbye. Thank you. Change okay. No, there's there's no reason to change me, Frank. I agree. I I accept your opinion. I I I value your opinion. If you think if you're going to pick Joe Biden over Donald Trump, that's fine. But why would you get so angry at me because I'm going to pick Donald Trump over Joe Biden? It's as simple as that. And I I don't get this continue hatred because if you don't want to believe like me and i can get into things he said and again what he said about john mccain i understand they were competing against each other they were going up against each other 
Uh, Donald Trump does say stupid things like that. He did cross the line when it came to him. I don't agree with most of John McCain's politics. As a matter of fact, I have personal stories of John McCain that I could tell you that would flip your head. But I was asked not to give them. But John McCain is not a nice man. Uh, he is a war hero, no doubt. But he's not a nice man. He was not a nice senator. Um, and I know that for a fact, firsthand. Again, what Donald Trump said about him was absolutely over the line. John McCain took, took abuse that probably most people in this nation could not even think about, nevertheless tolerate. He is a war hero, no doubt. That said, a lot of the things that are attributed to Donald Trump that he supposedly said about troops in general are a lot of mischaracterizations. We've gone through them before. I encourage you to look into the facts behind calling people in our military losers and suckers. No, he called John McCain loser and a sucker. Was that correct? Absolutely not. But it, it, it's, it's one of those urban legends how it was masked to everything else. And with, uh, uh, you know, we've gotten into it. I don't need to cover it again. It's 5.34 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. On this Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Just looking over some things right now. Um, a couple of things. Did you see all this? This Apple has this new virtual reality headset, and they've been telling people how... They're warning people, basically, about how it's uh, messing with their brain. And uh, people are returning them. People are having issues with them. There's some some medical advisories that go with these virtual reality issues. Now, I have the Oculus, too, virtual reality. I got it when I lived down in Annapolis by myself. I, I did it to, you know, spend some time. Uh, there's actually some really good fishing games where you go fishing. Um you can go on trips to Egypt and walk around the Great Pyramids in virtual reality. It's it's pretty outstanding. You can actually put yourself in Jurassic Park and there's dinosaurs coming behind you and walking around you. Uh, it's it's pretty cool, actually. And, and I've had the Oculus for now. I, I think I'm going to my third year now, the Oculus 2. I did notice, though, when I first got it, because I was living by myself down, down in, in uh, Virginia when I was working a contract down there two years ago, I was. It was actually the fishing game. I was spending two hours, two and a half hours in this fishing game, and it, it was it was a great way to. I mean, instead of watching you know TV and watching a show, you know, I was fishing, so it was good. And uh, I noticed I was at work one day, and I was in front of my keyboard at my desk, and all of a sudden, my keyboard and the computer started looking weird. It almost looked like it was in three D. It was coming closer to me, and, and I thought I was going to have a vertigo episode or something. Uh, which I've never had, but that's what it kind of felt like. And, and I had to close my eyes and readjust my eyes to my brain. And I realized that I was spending so much time in the vir virtual reality that, that when I went to work, it, it did something with the programming in my brain to where my keyboard almost looked 3D. It was coming at me. It wasn't Something wasn't right there. So from that point on, I limited to uh, my virtual reality headset to only 30 minutes to 45 minutes. I wouldn't do any longer than that because... I absolutely was spending too much time on it, but it absolutely did something to my senses with my brain and my vision uh, because I was just sitting at my desk looking at my computer and all of a sudden everything started looking almost in three-dimensional. And, you know, it just by, by, uh, 
by omitting era, you know, I was spending so much time in virtual reality that real life became virtual reality. So uh, there are warnings there. So be careful if you have that, if, you, if you've invested the $3,500 or whatever it is for the Apple virtual reality. Uh, the Oculus is not that. It's a couple hundred bucks. But it, it is fun, but in moderation like everything else. It's 542 here at WILK. Time for traffic and weather. And thank you, Rob. Heavy traffic and a... Hazard reported in the road, 81 southbound in the Scranton area. That has things pretty jammed up as you're hitting southbound 81 in Scranton. Southbound from the Pittston area, you will be dipping a little bit below the speed limit, around 40 miles per hour uh, for a little bit. As they, uh, it, it seems they have that accident cleared up, but things are still going quite slow. Uh, those are our two main problem spots this afternoon. Whenever you see a traffic problem, call our jam line, 570-883-7269. From the WILK Traffic Center, Nikki Stone with this Penteladata Internet Traffic Update. Thank you, Nikki. Here's the Storm Tracker 16 forecast from Chief Meteor- uh, from not from meteorologist Jeremy Lawn. Gave you a promotion there, Jeremy. Uh, tonight, snow showers starting around 10 p.m. could accumulate to one or three inches. Low 24. Saturday, windy with morning snow showers. High 35. Sunday, windy with morning flurries. Then breaks of sun. High 36. Monday, President's Day. Sunny. High 42. It's currently. 34 degrees here at 544, your official weather station, WILK. Jake's popping his head in the control room, getting all riled up, getting ready for Daytona. Oh, what's the weather right now? It's got to be like 70-something down there right now, right? Perfect sitting on a deck. Yeah, Yeah, Daytona 500 practice is going on right now. Let's face it, it's pretty much going to be the only Daytona 500 practice. And currently the fastest right now is one of the guys that won last night, Tyler Reddick, the winner of race one. And, yeah, the weather right now at Daytona, it's fine. Like, it's, it's in the low 70s, a little overcast. If only it could be like that for tomorrow and Sunday. Having a nice ice-cold PBR or, like you said, bush on a deck of a, one of the local, local establishments down there hearing the cars go by. Mm. Oh, Denny Hamlin now fastest. Danny Hamlin. Yeah. He's up there. Always a threat at Daytona. Three-time Daytona 500 champion. Yeah, we got a plan to do Pocono again this year. It's going to be good. July 14th. I'll pick, good. see if I, what, what interviews I could pick that'll do good this year. Uh, actually, Denny they should Hamlin. be looking me out. I was the lucky charm. It's simple Hamlin as that. Is going to be, definitely going to be one of them. I mean, yep. especially a record seven wins at Pocono Raceway and, they actually just did a Netflix series not too long ago. NASCAR did. It was uh, NASCAR Full Speed. Dale Earnhardt Jr. was the executive producer on it. Got a lot of lot of great reviews. Denny Hamlin, Bubba Wallace, William Byron, some of the notables that took part in it. And, yeah, Daytona, it's definitely at the top of my bucket list for sure, Rob. Yeah, yeah no, uh, no doubt, no doubt. Um, we said it earlier, but next week on uh, Thursday and Friday now, I will be at National Harbor in Maryland uh, broadcasting live from the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC, as it's otherwise known. Uh, next week, the show will be live from down there, both Thursday and Friday. Uh, Wednesday is a transition day. I have to go through a security check and... Uh, 
and um, meetings down there for CPAC because the former president, Donald Trump, will be speaking there. There will be other high-valued people that will be uh, talking there. So there's a whole security thing for media personnel and what we expect and get our credentials and all that stuff on Wednesday. So I believe Sue Henry will be in here next Wednesday. So that's that'll be great for that. Um, I was reached out to today just just as I was walking in the studio to do my show today from uh, Representative Elisa Stefanik of New York, who has actually been named as possibly being Trump's vice president pick for uh, for 2024. But her office reached out to me to do an interview down at CPAC on Friday. So already the interviews are lining up. Looks looks like we'll bring you some good show. Uh, where last year they had a lot of their own equipment down there. I got to bring my own this year. So we'll see how that works out. But next week, you know, we're off on Monday, so it'll be a best of. Tuesday, I'll be here in the studio with you here. Wednesday, you'll have Sue Henry. And then Thursday and Friday, hopefully live from CPAC. I'm also going to call in to Sue Henry on uh, Wednesday to tell you how things are going down there, see if I got any interviews set up already, give you a preview of what's going to happen on uh, Thursday and Friday. Last story of the day here is, as we're all distracted with everything else that's going on, um, satellite photos are showing that Egypt is building a wall along the Gaza Strip to keep the Palestinians out of Israel. Egypt is building a wall and is leveling land near the border with Gaza ahead of the planned Israeli offensive targeting the border city of Rafa. Satellite images analyzed Friday by the Associated Press. Egypt, which has not publicly acknowledged the construction, repeatedly has warned Israel not to forcibly expel more than one million displaced Palestinians now in Rafah into its territory while Israel's troops, Israeli troops battle the militant group Hamas for the fifth month. Israel's defense minister said Friday that Israel has no intention of pushing Palestinian civilians across the border into Egypt. However, the preparations on the Egyptian side of the border in the Sinai Peninsula suggest that Cairo is preparing for such a mass ejection, a scenario that could threaten a 1979 peace deal with Israel that has been a linchpin for the regional security. So while we have a free-for-all here at our border, Egypt is building a wall to keep um, Palestinians out of its territory in expectation of the Israeli army moving into a ground offensive in that border town area. So interesting that it's okay then, you know, look over here, look over there, but don't look. And we have to find out from satellite images that they're building their own border. But not us. Nope, not us at all. The other thing that uh, I saw is this, the, 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 the Ukrainian funding bill. It was $95 billion in total, but it didn't just include Ukraine. But Ukraine was the biggest chunk of it, $60 billion. Do you know Ukraine's entire 2024 GDP budget, what they were expected to bring in was only $43 billion, but yet we're giving them $60 billion. Their entire 2024 budget is $43 billion. Interesting, uh, interesting what's happening there. And uh, finally, federal spending remains an unsustainable long-term fiscal path. That's what experts are saying. And remember, we hit our fiscal cliff again the second week in March. We are in, heading towards our debt ceiling. Now, since the last temporary funding bill, I said to you guys here that every day they should be working on 
a fix so we don't hit it again. And you haven't seen anything. We haven't heard about anything. We've heard about giving $95 billion to Ukraine and Israel. We've heard about, you know, money here for this and let's do this there. But we're headed towards our fiscal cliff again. Another omnibus bill, whatever. But the people we count on, the people we elect, the people we vote to represent us in Washington do nothing to represent us. This is not a surprise. They know the date. But yet they've done nothing between then and now, and we're coming up on the second week of March before you know it, to fix these issues. And they'll wait till the last minute. They'll wait till two days before and say, uh, everybody, hurry up and wait. Hurry up. Rush. It's time to get something done. Here's something that no one wants, but we're going to vote for it anyway because we're a bunch of morons. That's pretty much sums up Congress. But a congressional watchdog told President Joe Biden in the Congress on Thursday that the federal government is on an unsustainable long-term fiscal path. The report from the U.S. Government Accountability Office comes a week after Congress Congressional Budget Office report found federal spending is projected to remain unsustainable in the decades to come. I'll say it again, in the decades to come. The federal government faces an unsustainable long-term fiscal path, according to the U.S. Government Accountability Office report. We project that debt held by the public as a share of the economy will more than double over the next 30 years and will grow faster than the economy over the long term if current revenue and spending policies are not changed. Congress and the administration must act to move the nation off the unattainable unattainable long-term fiscal course on which it is currently operating. The federal debt level is growing at a rate that could threaten the vitality of our nation's economy and safety and the well-being of the American people. Both spending and revenue issues need to be addressed as part of a comprehensive long-term plan. The GAO report noted that the nation's unsustainable long-term fiscal path poses serious economic security and social challenges if not addressed. The report notes that the federal government faces growing interest costs on its debt, a factor the senior vice president of policy director of the Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget said deserves attention. The interest is going to be our second largest line item, he told the Senate, told the press. At the partial, at that's partially because we have so much debt, and it's partially because the interest rates are so high. And we're paying a lot of money on that money. And we're not raising taxes or cutting spending to afford the interest. The CBO projected interest payments would exceed $1 trillion a year in 2026 and grow to $1.6 trillion in 2034. Over the next decade, interest rates will total $12.4 trillion. Roughly enough money to run the entire federal government for two years. The federal government spent a total of $6.13 trillion in fiscal year 2023 alone. We need to do better. And we need to put people in Washington who are going to do better for us. They are all failing us. All of them. Again, I can't stress that enough. Let me tell you a little bit about BudgetBlinds.com, where you can save some money. BudgetBlinds.com, you're going to get in touch with Tom or Rick, owners of the local Budget Blinds here that cover all of Northeast Pennsylvania, the leader in custom window treatments. 
blinds, shades, shutters, drapes. 90% more options than your big box stores. That's the biggest thing that stuck out for me. Budget Blinds is proud to offer the best warranty program in the industry, including their no questions asked guarantee. Who has that? Which means you're going to save money. Not only are you going to save money with a no questions asked guarantee, you're taking advantage of their volume pricing. You're just not paying for your blinds. You're getting the price for all the blinds they buy for all their customers. That volume pricing is going to save you tons. Budgetblinds.com, 30 years of style and expert service. They service everything they sell. Budgetblinds.com, check them out. You won't be disappointed. Oh, you can keep it turned up, Jake. We can go out with this. It's all right. I'll talk over it. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show this week. Somebody said party at Rob's house this weekend. Rob, you're invited. Have a great weekend. John from Wilkes-Barre. I guess I'm invited to my own house party, I guess. Well, listen, I, I'm doing far from partying. I got the house to myself. Like I said, it's lounging around in boxer shorts, feet up on the couch. Uh, I might even wear my slippers upstairs, uh, my, my sneakers upstairs. I'm going to run the dishwasher with only a few dishes in it. A lot of things. Um... I'm going to drink out of the milk carton, leave the TV on all night. I don't know. Listen to my surround sound, shake the house. I have no neighbors to to, to disturb, so that'll be all fine. I hope all you guys uh, and gals out there have plans this weekend. Be careful of the weather. It looks like some snow, a couple of inches here, an inch there. That's the dangerous stuff. You don't expect it. And if you're out, make sure you get a designated driver. Or take an Uber or Lyft or whatever you get there. Walk. Who knows? We could all use the exercise, right? I know I can. I'll be doing a lot of walking next week. Well, that's it for the Rob O'Donnell Show. God bless. Be safe. 